The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you in your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. However you choose to reach out, be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. Today's episode is titled Trust the Process. For many of us, when in early addiction recovery, we're not inclined to trust others or other people's ideas of how things should be done. But once we make the commitment to clean and sober living, we have an opportunity to learn and trust a recovery process that has worked for many others. We get to decide if it will work for us. Today, we wanna share our experience, strength, and hope on learning to trust the process of recovery on the way to a life that is happy, joyous, and free. Yes, I definitely relate to that um, in early recovery, not being inclined to trust other people's ideas. Now, first of all, I'm a very independent person. I don't, in general, like people to tell me what to do in the first place, you know? So um, that was challenging for me when I came into recovery. And, you know, it was like, you know, you know, you have a sponsor and they're there. I mean, everything is suggestions, right? You don't have to do anything. You can kind of get this idea that like you have to do everything your sponsor says, but what is a sponsor? A sponsor is not a professional. A sponsor is someone just like you or me that is just sharing their own experience. And a good sponsor will just give suggestions. Whether you follow them or not is really up to you. And you don't want to go picking and choosing like the easy things and leaving the hard things, that's not a great way to do it. But you also, you know, don't want to just blindly follow what everyone else says. You have to begin to tap into your own intuition and your own inner knowledge of what's good for you. Now, that may not be very well developed in early recovery. That's why we are often told at the beginning to just do what you're told, because we don't have a real good sense of what's best for us, you know. I mean, I certainly thought that I knew 
what was best for me. I'd always made my own decisions in life. I'm an only child. I kind of, I, you know, grew up in a single parent household with a working mother. I, I had to do things myself a lot. You know, I had to figure things out myself and um, make my own choices. So that's how I was when I came into recovery, you know, um, another way to describe this or the, the, the not so good side of this is what we call self will run riot, right? Like I was just single handedly powering myself through life on my own sheer will. Um, so this trusting the process was a real change for me, first of all, to even listen to other people, you know, to, to have a sponsor giving me suggestions. Um, that was new and it took me time. You know, I was dubious of, I was skeptical of a lot of um, things, you know, first of all, I have this terminal uniqueness syndrome where, well, that might work for all of you, but it's not going to work for me. Right. I don't know if anyone else has that experience, but yeah, uh, that's good for all you guys, but I'm different. Um, so, you know, that played into it a little bit, but I just want to caution a little bit against like blindly following everything that someone says, because I don't think that's great either. But as we say, these are suggestions, try them out, give them a real shot, give them, you know, don't just try it once, but give it a real trial period and see if things start to get better for you. And as you see the things that work for you, you'll begin to trust the process more. Yeah. I, I like you was also kind of a DIY, you do it, do it yourself, do it myself kind of person. And I, I was very reluctant to uh, involve others, especially in anything that was difficult or yeah. you know, personal, internal. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, you know, want to, I guess it would feel to me like advertised that I was having trouble mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. So I would generally be very quiet and I'm, you know, good at figuring out how things work. And so that yeah. was my kind of go-to, right? And yeah. if you're a hammer, everything's a nail. And my hammer was, if I could figure out how this works, then, then I'll be fine. Okay. And I joke that, you know, in, in my, uh, if I'm in a bad mood and someone tells me to have a nice day, part of me is going, stop telling me what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll have one if I I'll want. I'll have whatever day I want to have. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, yeah. I don't literally think that, but, it, you know, it, it, it can get this whole not being, not liking to be told what to do that you mentioned. And, and I have that same thing, certainly a lot more in the past than I do now. I'm, I'm, I'm much more integrated with other people and more group oriented and more mm -hmm. um, willing to in, engage and ask for help and, you know, take suggestions and all that stuff. And I have to say, this is a way easier way to live yeah. than I was living before. I mean, literally trying to figure everything out my, myself is severely limiting because um, I think really to thrive in life, I have learned that I need to um, be actively engaged with other people as I go. But I didn't like, you know, that at first, and I didn't want to ask anyone for help, and I didn't have any kind of spirituality to rest on. So even in that way, I was alone. You know, we have this phrase, you're never alone. If you have a higher power, you're never alone. And I, I agree with that statement, and I, and I like that, and um, I affirm that, but I didn't have that. So... I kind of was. Yeah. Um, 
I was thinking that I also had, I had a lot of ways of doing things that um, I just did them because it's what I'd always done. And I'd never really considered doing anything a different way. So um, in early reco early recovery, and this continues to be true, but especially in my first few years, it was, there was like an opening up of, you know, I had been very sheltered, not sheltered, but, you know, I knew the way I did things, the way my family did things, but I didn't know that there was like other legitimate ways of doing things because I hadn't really experienced it. You know, I was sort of isolated in my own, you know, um, only child, single parent household. And so um, just learning that there were other ways that things could be done, it sort of opened something up in me that I didn't have to necessarily do things the way my mom did things. That was a like huge concept for me because I had pretty much mimicked everything my mom did. And so it was like, wow, I can find new ways of doing things. I don't have to do something just because it's what I've always done. New ways of seeing things that, you know, recovery exposed me to all these other people that I just hadn't had that experience because of coming from such a small family. Um, you know, so that was like, it was kind of an opening up of my world to me that there were all these people that had their own ideas of how to do things and that my way wasn't the only way. Like I really thought my way was the only way to do things, that that's how things had to be done. I was very um, limited in that way. And so um, that was that was a good opening up for me. And I had to, you know, look for people in recovery that I could trust. Um, like I said, I, I caution against just blindly following what anyone says, because we are all just folks in recovery, you know, we're not professionals. And, um, you know, I certainly received some not great advice, just like I've gone to therapists that have given me really bad advice, and they are professionals, you know, there has to be a balance between being open to, to suggestions and open to new ways of doing things, but also simultaneously beginning to develop that ability to discern within what feels right for me. And like I said, when in early recovery, that's not well developed, typically. So I had to begin to develop that. What does this feel like to me? Does this feel good to me? And um, that was a whole process in itself, because I really didn't know at first. I didn't have the ability to go and check within and see what felt right and what didn't feel right. I had to begin to evolve that. I think that's why uh, having a higher power as, as soon as possible is super important yes. and also a contemplative practice of some kind or other. There are so yes. many ways to spend time with the spirit, so to speak. And uh, that's an area where someone might have a suggestion that's that's perfect for me and yeah someone might have a suggestion that doesn't you know work for me i knew people yeah. whose advice was read the bible and it, i mean i love the bible but at that time reading the bible was not going to connect me with yeah. my higher power just because no. of the way that my mind works or whatever but you know uh, a quiet time more akin to a mindfulness meditation or just mindful breathing or something super simple like that that actually could yeah. And I might come away from that feeling like, okay, I, now I feel like I see my next step. You know, it's yep. the, 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 the path has gotten a little clearer. The direction that I should go has become, has gotten a little clearer. 
Um, we talk about uh, trusting the process, which I think is some of the best advice I ever got yeah. was to trust the process, because if I trust the process, then I can stop constantly trying to improve it. Right. I can just say, well, this worked for other people. I will try it and see if it might work for me. If it doesn't, I'll do something different. But I can, you know, I don't need to fix it or question every element of it. Why don't I just kind of go with the flow? Because clearly my way wasn't working. Right. I was on the alcohol plan of having a good life and that was not working. And so, well, these other people have this other way and it has certainly helped them a lot. So, what the hey? What do I have to lose? I mean, I'll just give it a try and see and see what happens. And so part of trusting the process for me is listening to other people. Now, that doesn't mean, like you said, doing everything that everybody says. I've heard some spectacularly bad advice yes. in recovery meetings. Not so all I... of us have, um, you know, wisdom that applies to everyone else to share. Some of us have have ideas that, that may seem grand and right and perfect uh, to us, but are not helpful to others so that's you know again having a higher power and some kind of contemplative practice and a sponsor or somebody in recovery who's been there longer than i have to trust and sort of run things by or maybe yeah. even a small group of people i had the great fortune of ending up sort of with this casual cast of characters at least a couple of which were 20 plus years sober and you know and we'd go have coffee or whatever after and so i got to hear from more than one person kind of their perspective what worked for them what does this mean to you i'm struggling with this you know what is that what do you think and it's yeah. not a solve my problem kind of question which i'm grateful for because um i don't find that particularly helpful either if i'm trying to do the fixing or if someone's trying to fix me neither approach works but but rather that that thing we say where here's what i did here's what, what happened when i did mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. i love that approach yeah and i really agree with what you said that um this is why it's so important this is why the third step you know the second and third step coming to believe and then turning our will and our lives over to that power that we've come to believe and that's why they come so it comes so early in the steps because the relationship with the higher power is the foundation of the entire recovery program. There is no spiritual part of the program. It is a spiritual program, spiritual, not religious. And the higher power is whatever that is to you, the God of your own understanding, or you may not even choose to use the word God. Um, we use the word God, but, you know, we also have a, a very expanded sense of what that means and what it means to different people. So when I was talking about learning to trust ourselves and learning to go inside and check with ourselves how does this feel to me what i'm talking about is developing that sense of a higher power which is both within and without right if i had no higher power and i'm checking in with myself i'm checking in with crazy person you know what i mean i i'm i'm it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yes so what we're getting is we're developing that connection we we're always always connected to god already but we're not aware of the connection so we're strengthening our awareness of that connection we're strengthening the connection the ability to to sense into that divinity within like we would call in in unity um so that we have contact with it it's not 
this God, you know, it's not this person in the sky. It's the divinity that is in us and all around us that we're learning to tap into. And so that's so important, you know, and I had a sponsor that I would call her up like all crazy, like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And she was so awesome. She was this Jamaican woman. She would say, and I can't do a Jamaican accent, so I'm not even going to try. But she would say to me, have you prayed yet? Like she didn't even want to hear about my drama. She would like, I had to hang up and go and pray about it. And then I could call her back. Well, I realize now what she was trying to develop or help me develop in myself was that connection to my inner divinity and to, to God, to my higher power. You know, don't call me up, you know, until you have checked in with God until and so she was training me to go to God first to pray and meditate and seek guidance first before I sought her God. now that was that was wisdom are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice then register for psychedelic harm reduction and integration a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Exactly. That's exactly the word I was just thinking. And and I'm going back to the book of James, you know, wisdom comes from God. And if, if I uh, paraphrasing James, if I feel like I'm lacking wisdom, all I need to do is consult with the source of all wisdom, which is God. What a wonderful sponsor to have and a very wise way of responding to you. I love that. I love that. You know, another thing I'm thinking about uh, when when we talk about trusting the process is, and again, this is advice I heard a zillion times. And if you're listening and and you've hung around in in recovery circles, you've probably heard it a zillion times. Like, look for someone who has what you want and then maybe pay a little more attention to what that person says, or maybe that person will go out for coffee, or maybe that person could be your sponsor or um, you know, what, whatever it might be. And I found that super helpful because again, we're, you know, we're a whole cast of characters and not everyone's <laughs> approach is going to work for me and not everyone's idea of the right and perfect way forward is going to jive for me. And so part of it is, you know, using whatever wisdom I can muster through prayer, as you said, uh, look for people that seem to be like, I would, li- I want to be more like that. I wish yes. I could be that chill about that topic that I get all wound up about um, and pay attention to that person and maybe uh, become, you know, recovery buddies or sponsor or, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, what that sponsor was demonstrating to me when she would say, have you prayed yet was a real humility on her part because there can be a real temptation to be like, you know, you get to be a sponsor and you're like, wow, you know, I can tell people what they should do. And I have she, all the answers. Yeah. And she didn't use that. She knew that my job was to learn to go to God first. And that was extremely humble and valuable on her part to, to be instilling that in me from the get-go. Um, you know, I 
so, so for me, there was this movement from thinking that I had all the answers and that I was this, you know, independent person single-handedly propelling myself through life on my own sheer will to more of a humility in myself of like, no, I don't, I, Michelle, small, small, Michelle, small S self, whatever, don't know. Okay. Meaning my ego self, my material self, my human self doesn't know. But inner divinity, Michelle, higher self, you know, does know that in me, which is connected to the higher power, which has that, that, um, that bit of the higher power within me, that self does know. So that, that was an important shift. And I'm not sure I got that, really got that in the way that I know now until later on. So I did start out praying more to a God outside of myself. That's, yeah, that's where I right. had to start. And we, There's most of us do start there. There is nothing wrong with that. I agree. It's all, you know, theological semantics anyway. I mean, if God is truly everywhere, then what difference does it make? You know, with... right. my ego would love for me to conclude that it is God. Oh, yes. And unfortunately, I think that happens a lot. Or I think it's on the other side of the fence. People run around. They certainly seem like they think the Bible is God. Now, yeah. they would say that they don't. But hey, man, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, that's yeah. what it looks like from here. Just like, um, you know, there's sort of people in the more progressive circles run around that think that they, they think that their ego has convinced them that they're yes, God. That and they're yes, God. we carry yeah. the divine within us. But when I say I am, as much as I like the idea of that being a spiritual statement, the eternal doesn't use words. My yeah. ego uses words. That's right. So if I'm talking, guess which mind that is? Lowercase m, guaranteed yep. every single time. Yes, absolutely. So this this moving from powering through and forcing and controlling to allowing to unfold. I love this. And we talk about this a lot. Um, because we've both found that allowing life to unfold is a much better way of living, right? It's it's a happier way. Um, things tend to turn out better when we allow. And some of that is just uh, maturing spiritually, right? That um, I don't have to force things to happen. Um, I can seek guidance, do my, you know, I have to do my part. That doesn't mean I just sit there and God does it because I've heard some of that in rooms too. Like, you know, oh, well, you don't, you know, God's going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Okay. Yes. But what that means is <laughs> yeah. that, you know, God within me is going to guide me to do what, what I small, um, Right, Michelle and you, but you still do. have to do the so-called footwork. I still have footwork. to do the work. You've got to yes. do the footwork. It's distinguishing what that is that can be hard. Exactly. Yes, we have to do the footwork. So I have to do my part. I have to avail myself of circumstances and situations. I have to put myself out there. I have to seek guidance. I have to seek wise counsel. You know, um, seek to surround myself with people like you said. You know, that have what I want. Yeah. But then after we've done that, or even as we're doing that, there's a letting go right? There's a allowing to unfold. And that's the trusting the process. So I truly believe that once we have dedicated ourselves to this 
life to this journey once we've made a commitment to being on the spiritual journey which is what the recovery path is whether we admit it or like it or not it is a spiritual journey then once we've done that then we can trust that whatever is showing up however things are unfolding as crazy as they may look at the time because my life has gotten pretty crazy and i'm not saying we want that to happen but sometimes it does you know we can trust that there is a process that we've entered into that is unfolding and that that's that's trusting the higher power and trusting trusting life really trusting life to unfold as it should if we are doing our part yeah and and i agree with that and and like all things and one reason i really appreciate the unity approach to um uh, the christian faith is because it's intensely practical mm -hmm. right we talk about practical christianity because i need i know i need a bridge from the ideas to so okay so what do i do because i'm right. good at ideas i'm comfortable with ideas i like ideas i could live my whole life in the world of ideas but you know that that's uh i i need practical steps and so um if i i learned along the way and again if you're listening and you've been around recovery circles this is not news but i'm just sharing that this absolutely worked for me that if i want to experience a life that's happy joyous and free and i need concrete steps so what do i do uh join a home group get a sponsor and work the steps with that mm -hmm. sponsor it really is that simple. Now, doing it, that doesn't happen overnight, and it has its ups and downs, and I've had more than one sponsor, and someone who's a yeah. good sponsor during one period might not be right yes. for me in, in another period, and so, uh, but I still keep coming back to that. I am part of a community. I volunteer my time to be helpful. I have a, a mentor slash sponsor that I have chosen, and I work the steps as they're written uh, in the book to the best of my ability. And I have found that to work really, really well. All yeah. my issues, if I would describe them that way, probably related to my unwillingness to simply do that yeah. and, and stick to it. Yeah. So um, like a lot of things, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of an example, a simple example, say I'm learning a new dance step right? And, and I get the giant poster and I put it on the floor and it tells me where to put my foot and everything's numbered, right? Okay, first this foot goes here and everything's all clumsy and weird and this is stupid. And how can this, and you do it enough and it begins to become fluid. Then I don't need mm -hmm. the outlines on the floor and I don't need yeah. the numbers because I've, I've internalized it. Mm -hmm. But to get there, I had to follow the yeah. steps like cooking right okay now do this now fold this in now stir this in now put this much of that but people yeah. who are good at it which means if i do it long enough i don't need the recipe maybe just glance at it to remind me yeah. i know how the process works and this is the same so yeah. it might seem super structured at first and in a way it is uh, but by learning that structure that's how i become free yes that's been my experience yeah, um, that's that's awesome. I I also think you know I if if I was suggesting to someone who's who's sort of new or whatever, and I would also suggest um, seeking seeking opportunities to grow yourself spiritually. So of course we are unity ministers, and unity is an ideal 
type of church to attend if you're in recovery. So many of us have found that it just jives so well with recovery, but we're not the only um, deal out there. There are other similar movements. Um, People have to find what works for them, but um, you were already involved in unity when you got into recovery and I found unity quite soon after getting into recovery. So unity has been, um, an integral part of both of our recovery journeys. Like we really haven't done recovery without unity on board. Um, and I think it's so important. And if it's not unity, find something else, whether it's a meditation group or, you know, any kind of spiritual practice, because we need to develop ourselves spiritually and we need to get other perspectives besides just what we're hearing in the rooms. Um, and also, diversifying our meeting attendance, going to lots of different types of meetings so that we're getting exposed to different spiritual ideas, I think is really helpful. Depending on where you are, there may be more types of meetings. I know I early on went to a meditation meeting. I used to go to a Sunday morning meeting that met down in Big Sur in the Redwoods. That was a t- more of a type of a spiritual kind of experience. Um, you know, Unity Church, whatever it is, um, the, this, this, our spiritual development and our relationship with the higher power is the very core of all of this. So anything that you can do to evolve that and, and grow that and expand that, um, is so crucial because that is going to be the foundation of your recovery. I agree. And as if you, if, if you have listened to us for any length of time, you know, we are what we call team Jesus. Yeah. Right? There, there are many paths to, to God, but I can't walk them all. I choose one to walk. Yeah. And so before we move into our recovery in a nutshell in a minute, I, I feel compelled to share this verse. I, I, I didn't want to say the, the power of Christ compels me, but maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> this is from Matthew. This is, this is my favorite passage. And it just sums up. I think that it's reflective of exactly what you just said or vice Mm -hmm. versa. And if Mm -hmm. you're listening, see what you think. It reads, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I just want to jump up, amen, triple to that. That is absolutely, that is a promise. And it will, and it does come true. It's a spiritual, eternal truth. And I'm not saying that you can, you know, have this experience only through uh, a Christian path. I believe there are many paths to it. Now, my mm-hmm. path is a Christian path. That's why this is so meaningful to me. Yeah. But just that idea that if I could get out of my own way and trust the spirit and do things, if I could see like Jesus saw or like mm-hmm. Buddha saw or whatever, yeah. And then I could live as if I believed that. Yeah. Oh man, you know, my 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 burden will be light. Yes, and absolutely. My yoke will, will be easy. All right. So let's move into recovery in a nutshell. This is where we sort of go back to all that we've said and pick out maybe just a few of the things um to give a elevator pitch. Or if we had to, if we had to write it on a business card sized piece of paper, what would we put on there? Uh, so Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, uh, if someone said, I'm having trouble trusting the recovery process. I'm not sure it's for me. What what could I do? What do you think? 
Well, I kind of like the idea that I was saying before that like, you know, there, recovery is not monolithic. There are lots of different meetings, lots of different, I mean, it follows, you know, a general um, pattern, but there's different types of meetings. Um, there are different types of spiritual experiences. If you're early in recovery, avail yourself of everything you can, you know, just it's a spiritual smorgasbord. Just try out different things and see what resonates with you, what feeds you. Um, suspend your skepticism just long enough to try some of these things out and allow yourself, you know, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus, one of his most important teachings was that if we wanted to enter the kingdom of heaven, meaning if we wanted to get this stuff and live a life that is happy, joyous, and free, we needed to become like little children, which means teachable, open, um, beginner's mind, curious, try it out. Don't follow it blindly. Be open to it. Try it out. Give it a real good shot. Give it time to work and then see how it works for you. If it doesn't work, try something different. You know, that that's basically my thoughts on it, too, as I, as I answered that question myself. Give it a try. You know, trust the process. Give it a real try, not a fake yes, try a so try. that I can walk away and pretend that I tried. You know, right. I know what that means for me. And if you're listening, you know what that means for you. <laughs> Give it a real try. You know, trust the process. Talk to other people. Don't quit before the miracle. I love that saying yeah. that we have. Yes, and I love just, that too. You might be very surprised what happens yes. if, um, I know I was, when I was willing to just trust the process and go with what I saw had worked for other people, find, find my own way, but in the same way that others had done. Yes. Well, our affirmation this week can help to anchor these ideas for you. And it is this, I trust God and allow the beauty of recovery to unfold in and through me. Yeah. And once again, I trust God and allow the beauty of recovery to unfold in and through me. Yes. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we're grateful that you have. We hope that you found something in all of our chinwag today, chinwagging that you'll find genuinely helpful. And we bless you wherever you are on your own recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope you'll join us again. Until then, don't drink like my co-host. And my goodness, don't drink like my co-host. I know (laughs) I did, and it didn't work at all. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. 
part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.